Welcome to the Actualize You podcast, where your full potential is at hand. This is the podcast for people with a passion and purpose, but need a little kickstart to get motivated into action. If you've already got the motivation, then we'll work on the optimization. Either way, your new full potential is at hand. Welcome to another episode of Small Biz Conversations with Birgit Smythe from Envisage Solutions and myself, Jared Irvin from Actualize. So Birgit, last time we chatted a bit about tax in your small biz. Check it out if you missed it. And this week we're going to explore loans and surety. So why do people take out loans? Is there a safe way to take out a loan? And who do we as entrepreneurs go to for surety? Running your own business is a lot like a roller coaster um, in that it is very up and down and sometimes a bit scary and definitely an adrenaline rush. For me, the highs are having happy customers and being able to pay all my bills and salaries. The lows are when the sales are slow, but you still have to pay salaries. My company is 17 years old. And I am proud to say that I have not missed a staff salary payment yet. I've always been able to make a plan. And my business is about six years old. And unfortunately, I came to realize that I didn't always handle everything very well. But these are the lessons we learned. So where do you find the money when cash flow is low or a large customer is delaying making a payment? There are a few options. The easiest, especially when a company is new, is to ask the shareholders or a friend or family member. These loans will always bear interest. You've got to make sure that the people that are kind enough to lend you the money will make some interest on the account, on the loan, as if, or maybe even better than they could do in the bank. In general, you can negotiate with them to give an interest rate that is higher than they would have got in a savings account and cheaper than you would be paying to a financial institution. To give you an example, if your money's in a savings account, you rarely get prime, but if you're borrowing money, you generally have to pay prime plus two. So if you negotiate to give them prime or prime plus one, that's generally a win-win both ways. Whoever you borrow from, make sure you have a contract in place with them that clearly states the term and the interest rate. I want to emphasize that you have to pay these people back. You have to. Um, They are doing you a favor, so you need to keep them happy. You also don't want to lose friends or cause a family feud. Sometimes you personally are that shareholder and you might have your personal savings. And that rule applies to you too. You have to pay yourself back. See yourself as a shareholder and an employee. um, And that money must come back to you. And there needs to be a contract. And it has to be done um, above board or in some kind of format that you understand. Sometimes as well, with if you have a loan from a bank, you would have to pay it back monthly you'd owe x amount of money but if you're paying back to family or friends maybe you can negotiate to pay back every quarter or as and when but there must be an end date 
insight for when you will have paid them back. But we are all not lucky enough to have people available that can loan us money. So the next option is to turn to a financial institution. You will have a bank account with an institution in any case, and they are often the best to talk to, seeing as they have seen how you've managed your money and you probably have a, a business banker that assists you. Here you have two options. One is an overdraft, which is a facility to loan money from the bank that is always available to you. It generally comes with a monthly cost where you just pay a fee for the pleasure of having an overdraft. And then when you do borrow money, when you go into the red, you have to pay interest on that money that you've loaned. Unfortunately, this is something that the banks only give you when things are looking good. As you might know if you've ever tried to apply for a personal loan either. So remember to apply for this or increase it when times are good. I recently made this mistake and only asked for the extension too late when my company was not in a good place, where if I had applied a few months earlier, they would have happily given me the money. To get money loaned to you, you will need to pay surety or sign surety. But more on this later in the podcast. Another way to get money from a financial institution is that they will also give you a loan, like a lump sum of money, very similar to getting a car loan or a house loan. This is called a business loan, and you will have then have about 36 months to repay the loan or another agreed term. Again, the bank will look whether they think you can afford to pay it back, which is very much the same as a personal loan. They then give you a lump sum of money and you have a time that you, you can use it and you have time to pay that back. The last option is that there are places that will give you business loans even if things are not going so well. As you can imagine, these are very expensive. They make their money on charging really high interest rates on, for companies that are desperate. I just thought of another um, place you can borrow money from the banks, and that's by using your money in your credit card. I know of someone who was starting a new business and had read that you can borrow money of credit cards and made sure that they had five or six different credit cards, some of them free and some of them with a very low monthly payment. Um, so that they always had the facility to get extra money. Mm -hmm. Somehow with credit cards, the banks always want to extend your facility. So you just keep extending your facility and never use it um, because credit, credit cards have very, very high interest rate, but that's a way to have access to some money. So that's a lot of options. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, as a business, you always um, need opportunities for growth and having access to extra money means potential for growth. And being able to sustain yourself with that money is really important. And so we come to the topic of surety. So what exactly is it? How does it work? And yeah, what can you, what can you teach us? <laughs> <laughs> so surety is one of those things that people who, who run into the bad side of surety can tell you horror stories. It is your company, it is, if your company can't pay the loan that it has to make, the loan repayments, they will go back to the people who have signed surety. It, it has to be 
a natural person, and it's usually the directors. Banks expect a real person to accept the liability that comes with the loan. If the company cannot and does not pay the required amount, they will ask the individuals that have signed surety for the money and can even come and repossess your personal house, car and furniture. There are a lot of horror stories related to this. Examples are where you sign surety for your younger sibling when they bought a car. They were just starting work and had no credit record or assets and you kindly stepped in. They then lose their job, stop paying, and you have to pick up the repayments. That is an example in your personal capacity, but it can happen like that in work as well. But it can get really, really complica complicated. I heard of somebody who had sold their company to somebody new and had thought that they had nothing to do with it anymore. The new people ran into debt and somewhere they still had to call somebody to pay that money and they called the person who had signed surety even though it wasn't his company anymore. Yeah. That's terrible. <laughs> it is. It is absolutely horrible. Also, if you have bad business partners, they can make business decisions that put your money, your company into debt and then you sit with that responsibility to pay for it. It is extremely dis difficult not to sign surety if you're the owner or director. One way you can get around it is by not having a credit card in the company name, by not having an overdraft and by not having a loan, ever. And I don't know who's, <laughs> who amongst us is lucky enough to have that. But generally every bank you have accounts with expect you to sign it. Every place that gives you credit, like a supplier, will want it. We sometimes resell IT equipment, so the place that we buy those laptops or printers or whatever, they want us to sign surety because they give us the stuff on credit. So we then have 30 days to pay and that is a form of credit. Yeah, and I found with suppliers, um, when, you, when you're starting out and they're lenient, then you should, you should be... Um, respectful of that leniency <laughs> um, if you miss that 30-day deadline and this was from from my personal experience we we messed up with cash flow and um, I would say took advantage of the situation um, but the problem was that 12 months down the line when we hadn't completed the payment for those things even though we were paying a monthly repayment and cash flow was really bad um, you know, then I ran into into trouble, and I learned a lot from that experience. It's it's a really terrible experience to go through because you just feel there's animosity and stuff between you and those people and your suppliers. Um, but we resolved it, and and things have gotten a lot better now. But that's the thing you have to deal with those hard conversations after going through something like that. Yes, uh, if you if you owe money at a certain date, the best is to, to pay it. And if you can't, to actually speak to them and let them know that you can't. And sometimes they will be able to make a plan. But as Jared has said, a year later, when you renew your contract, they then might say, well, you're only a cash on delivery customer. We can't give you any terms. Um, what I try to do is when times are really good and I've got a bit of extra cash, I tend to pay some suppliers, especially if they're small companies, immediately when I get the invoice. When times are not so good, 
I wait the 30 days because I need that money in my bank account. I don't want to incur more debt when actually I have 30 days to pay. Um, but small companies, I try to pay on time or early because I know what it's like. I'm a small company myself. And the larger institutions I try to negotiate with. Sometimes they are negotiable, even if you think they aren't. Um, but yes, you've got to keep them informed, got to keep them up to date on why you can't pay or what's happening. Or as Jared did, work out terms with them to pay off the, the loan that they had or the credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually larger companies, and this was more in my personal rather than business capacity, but I had a conversation with one. I don't actually remember what business it was. But they, they phoned me, they said, no, your debit order lapsed. And I was like, oh, you know, I didn't even notice that it, that it had lapsed. Um, and they, they said, okay, well, do you know when you can pay it off? And I was like, I was going to, they were like, can you pay it off today or tomorrow? I was like, well, you know, it's the 10th of the month. I'm not exactly <laughs> like, I haven't just been paid. So I knew I was being paid on the 25th. And I said, okay, can I can I make a payment on the 25th? And they were more than happy with that. So obviously then I had that debit order go off on the 25th and then, you know, the following one the next month. But that's the thing is, um, you know, bigger organizations might actually be more flexible because they're not too concerned with it. Well, I won't say they're not too concerned with their cash flow. But, <laughs> but also bigger organizations might make that exception once and they accommodate you. Mm. Um, but... Don't let that thing... Don't um, let it become a habit. Yes, and don't let it... On that 25th, you better have that money in that account because having a bad credit record for a company is the same as having a bad credit record in your personal capacity. It can hamper a whole lot of things that you might want to do. So the advice I have for you when it comes to surety is to keep track where you've signed it and what you've signed to what amount and to often to to see whether you can limit the surety that you've you've paid uh, or that you've signed for Um, with home loans in your personal capacity or if your company is buying a property with that kind of bond you should make sure that if you've bought a place for two million rand that your surety is limited to two million rand because sometimes they say they're unlimited surety or um, the surety is applicable for any other loan applied for at this institution. And then it gets out of control in no time. And then when you resign from the company, let's say you sell it and then you resign or um, something happens and you want to get out of um, your business, you want to leave it over to your shareholders, you then know exactly where you've signed surety and you can go to each of those companies and say, I want my surety back. They need to make sure, I have tried to do this. Um, Unfortunately, mine was in a situation of divorce. Um, And they needed to make sure that my ex-husband could carry the the loan, could could, um, keep paying the loan so that they could exempt me from the surety. Because then they checked all these affordability and everything. And then only were they willing to release me of the surety. In one of the cases, he wasn't able to to keep the loan and they haven't released me off that surety. So I'm waiting for that the term to end and then I will go to that organization and say, I want my surety back. They are supposed to 
give you the piece of paper that you signed on originally and tear it up in front of you, um, they're unlikely to do that. But if they email you and say, we release you of your surety, keep a copy of that document. Should they ever come in contact and knock on your door again, um, keep a record of of that place that you've um, got your surety back from. That's very valuable and not something I would have thought about before today. <laughs> yeah. Um, and keeping, I think keeping track of these things while you're busy running the operations of your business and just trying to, just trying to make ends meet at the end of the day is not, not something most of us are skilled to do, but we have the ability to, to change the way we do things to make sure we do keep track of these things. Yes, you're often passionate about something that has nothing to do with the finances of a company, but they are important to keep track of. Yeah. No, so thank you. That was that was really helpful. And if you guys are taking out any loans in the future um, and you're uncertain of, of how you're going to manage the loan or how, um, you know, just the process or, or you need some input, uh, you're welcome to email me, jared at actualize.co.za. Um, we can, we can chat about it and, and see if, if there's maybe a better solution for you rather than taking out that loan. Or if we just look at a strategic affordability approach and make sure that, you know, your cash flow is in order that you will be able to pay it off and at least improve your credit record. Um, even if it's just by a fine margin. So yeah, thank you for listening to the Actualize You podcast. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please share it with anyone that you think it will benefit. And we will see you next time. Thanks so much to Birgit Smythe for your invaluable contribution to the Small Biz Conversation and making the show a reality. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Actualize You. Support for this podcast comes from people like you. Check out the website for more ways to optimize your performance in work, life, and leisure. That's www.actualize.co.za. If you found this helpful, you can keep the show alive by sharing with your friends, family, or coworkers, and by using the PayPal link in the description below. Actualize you because you are the critical success factor.